my guess is that your home is like mine. And my guess is that your workplace, in many ways, is also somewhat similar to mine. In that there are probably things on your to-do list at home and at work that you don't like doing. Like if I asked you at your home, what is the job that no one wants? No one really likes making their bed and doing the dishes can kind of be a nuisance, but at the end of the day, in my house, if uh, your house is very similar, the one job no one wanted to do was to clean up with what the dog did. Like my kids would avoid it, my wife never touched it, I had to do it because I was responsible for mowing the lawn, and you know that you have to pick it up before you mow, otherwise it's not a good thing. There's nothing really enjoyable about that job. Like, especially in the spring when all the snow melts, like, not good. Or how about at work? Like, here at 922, there's one job that I think no one wants to do. It's when the the littles, and they're back in session in school right now, get a stomach ache and, and get sick. Like, you know what the teachers don't do? You know what Joel does? Uh, Joel's here today. I don't think Joel necessarily enjoys that job, but someone has to do it. Like, there are things in our life that we just don't like to do. At our jobs or maybe at home. And today I get to do my least favorite thing, just about my least favorite thing as a pastor. I get to have this sermon like the one that we talk about money. Like if you're a guest or a visitor here, our members would tell you we don't talk a lot about money in church. We, we don't have a, a money sermon every other month, uh, but we do talk about it. It's one of our roots, the give root. And, and I drew the short straw of pastors and got stuck with it in the sermon series for our mission and vision this year. And here's why I don't much like it. Like I've been a pastor at a small church where, where dollars were tight and every every gift mattered because we just wanted to keep the lights on. Like, resources were hard to come by. And it's hard to talk about at a big church because a church like ours, there seems to be some new initiative every year, the next project, the next big thing, where we're asking for over and above dollars to help build that building or fund that ministry, right? Like, it's not a a fun thing to do, an easy sermon to give in the world in which we live today when the economy is just a little bit tougher. Like the odds are pretty good. You, just like me, you felt the pinch in your checkbook with a dollar that it costs to get your car filled up with gas to the, the food you're buying off the shelves. Like it's a hard conversation to have in a season where it's harder. And then let's just be honest. Like what makes this sermon really hard is that money is personal. Like your money, it's very personal to you. What you have, how you spend it, all those things are are your choices, right? And it's very personal, so having someone talk about it and tell you what you should do with it and the things you should consider, consider about it It's not very easy to do. Like, and I get all of that. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. This is not an easy sermon. But you know what? God wants you to have the best church life. So this message is something that we need to talk about. But perhaps the greatest reason why it might be a 
a hard one for me is because we are in a season as a church where things are not normal. Like Pastor Jim has used that phrase, he's coined that phrase, uh, he, he probably should uh, get his trademark on it, like this is not normal. Like from the facilities we have to the numbers of people who are gathering and especially the financial blessings that we receive. Like it's a hard sermon to give when we, we are in a season where a lot of churches are struggling and, and it's anything but normal for us at 922. Like last year alone in our fiscal year from July through June, that year that ended, we received $2.5 million in offerings and gifts from you. That's not normal. In addition to that, over and above the regular offerings, we received $1.7 million in Greater Things 2.0 to go towards the new school edition that, that we received. That's over $4 million in one year that came from you. Like, Pastor Tim, try and make me a compelling why you have to have this sermon because things are not normal. They are so good. We can just breeze this one by, right? Like if you just consider what the blessings that have happened since over the last 15 years at 922 Ministries, when the core started, our initial budget for that year was $650,000. <laughs> and there were 12 people on staff. And now there are 80 plus people full-time and part-time on staff and our budget is five million, it has increased by 566%. Like that's not normal. Like even if you just consider in the last five years, the budget has gone from 2.5 million to $5 million. In five years, like our budget rivals the Timber Rattlers budget. We're like within a million dollars of each other. That's how big this organization is. That's how blessed this organization has been. And that's all the things that are going on and, and we're trying to accomplish. So we're in a season that is not normal. And so what you might be thinking is that this sermon is about the bottom line. Like to do all that work, to carry out all that ministry, we need more. Like the best church life comes from more. But this sermon has nothing to do with the budget. I shared those numbers with you so that you could just stop and pause and celebrate the amazing God that we have and the blessings that he has given to us as a church through you, as a result of you. Like, say amen, thank the Lord, and praise God. Because when God wants you to have your best church life, when it comes to the give root, it really has nothing to do with the budget. The budget could be bigger, the budget could be smaller. Your best church life, the budget at the end of the day, it is not what matters to your give root. Like, I believe at the end of the day, God will give the resources he wants to give to bless 922 in the way and in the season that he wants to. Like, like God's that big. But God wants something more for you and for me. Your best church life is, is definitely connected to your give root. And so today's sermon in the Give Root and the best church life God wants for you to, has nothing to do with the budget, the 39-page report that I see every month, but it has everything to do with you and God. Like at the end of the day, your best church life in the Give Root is between you and him. And God wants you to have the best church life. God wants you to have the best roots because God wants you to experience amazing fruit. And having a strong Give Root between you and God is one of the the best ways you can have the blessed 
and best church life. In order to make that case to you today, I, I, I want to give you three whys. Three compelling whys to make the case for, for you and your give root and, and what God wants you to keep in mind. And all along the way, I want you to just think right now on a scale of one to 10, where, how would you rank your give root? Like, be honest. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to write it down. You don't have to show me. But in your, in your life of faith, is your give root strong and solid and deep? Or is there areas for improvement? See, because here's the thing that I would tell you before I get into the whys. Can I tell you when Pastor Jim says things around here like this is not normal, you know what is normal? You. Us at 922. 60% of Americans give to charity on an annual basis. The number of people who were the course of the last year of our 1,500 plus giving units gave was 55% of you. And while some of them are teens and maybe college kids who don't have much or don't have jobs, that means 45% of the people at 922 gave nothing, not even one time, not even one dollar. And that's pretty normal. Well, it's not normal what we have as uh, resources available to us. You know what is normal? You. Like when you take the numbers and average them out, it's about a thousand per person, which is less than the American average of about two. Like here at 922, we're just about normal. So the odds are pretty good that this is an area of our best church life that we can all improve on in one way, shape, or fashion. Which is why I pray that these three truths, these whys, to have a strong give root will offer you your best church life experience. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes today, uh, when it comes to giving, here's the, the case to be made for it. Why give? We give, first, foremost, above all, we give, not for the budget. We, we give not to make sure Pastor Tim is taken care of. We give because God gave. Like at the heart and core of giving, at the heart and core of your best church life, when it comes to the give root, is the fact that God gave. That he planted a root of faith in your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. That you know the amazing truths of who he is and all that he has done. We give because God gave. It's not to meet the bottom line, it's because God did what you and I needed to be done so that we might have eternal life. Like, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. He wrote this a chapter earlier than the one we read a few minutes ago from our, for our scripture reading. To the Corinthians, he, he wrote, but since you excel in everything, their grow root was strong, their go root was strong, uh, their gather root was, well, was in a good place, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. The Corinthian Christians were excelling in lots of areas, but one that was lacking was their give root. It wasn't excellent. It was probably average. It wasn't 
something they excelled in. It was something that maybe they were just doing and going through the motions. The Apostle Paul encouraged them to excel in that area of their life, just like in, in every other area, because that brings you the best church life, to have all your roots solidly planted, that your Jesus roots are strong. And here's the why. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, God owns everything. Jesus lived in the greatest places with the mansions uh, that are, are beautiful beyond belief, that though he was rich, he owns it all. He's in control of it all. For your sake, he became poor. He gave it all up. He set it all aside. He came down to earth so that you and me, through his poverty, might become rich. Like God wanted you to have the spiritual riches and blessings of heaven, of forgiveness, of new life. Though he was rich, he became poor. He gave it all up so that you and I who are spiritually poor and lost on our own might be saved by his grace. Why excel? Because God excelled at giving and gave his one only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's God. God doesn't want giving to be a have to. Because for him it was a, a get to. And that's why we get to. Because God gave. Like he gave you his one and only son. He gave his very life so that you and I might get eternal riches, all the spiritual blessings of life with him in heaven. When it comes to your best church life and the give root, we give because God gave. Like when you begin there, when we center there, we realize and start to understand that it's not about the budget and the bottom line. It is about God and what he did. And so maybe, just maybe, we give because God gave his encouragement to excel. Maybe we should unpack, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do I evaluate my best church life and my give route? What, what area of improvement do I need to, to consider? Well, excellent and excelling in, in the Bible is founded on some principles and some truths about giving. In the Old Testament, God gave, made it very easy for his people. Like in the Old Testament, God said 10%. Like, here it is. Give 10% of what you have back to me to help provide for, for those who work in the temple, to help provide for the Levites, uh, to help uh, provide for, for God's house and God's people. He made it really easy. He said 10%, and, and yet the Israelites didn't excel at it, even though it was obvious. Here's what God said about that. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Like, they were dabbling in it. Maybe they were giving once every other month. Maybe they gave a few times, but they weren't excelling in their grace of giving. Bring the whole tithe in, God said. Test me in this. See what I'll do. Like, a part of having a, a best church life is trusting in the God who gave and that he will continue to give. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the heavenly lights. My God, the Bible says, will be able to meet all your needs. And yet the Old Testament Christians weren't excelling in their grace of giving. They were lacking in their trust of God. And yet the principles from the Old Testament are still true of the New Testament, but one thing has changed. You know what God doesn't say to you and me? Here's the number. Like God doesn't command New Testament Christians to give 10%. Doesn't say it. Might be a great guideline to follow, might be worthy of consideration. If he encouraged it in the Old Testament, might it be good for us who live in the New Testament? But God says we give not because we need to meet a number or hit the budget, 
but because God gave. And so his advice was to excel in it by following the principles behind it. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, regular, proportionate to what you have first. Like, like God gives some principles to you and me as New Testament Christians, all of us, not just the wealthy amongst us, but all of us, no matter where you're at uh, on the spectrum of what God has blessed you with, each one of you set it aside, first fruits giving, in proportion with what you have, I might make more than you make, and you might make more than I make, and God wants it to be in proportion with what he's given to us, regular, repeated, set aside, first fruit giving. Like, that's what excelling in the grace of giving looks like. And God wants that for you, because he knows that when you do, you'll have your best church life experience. Which is why I think I need to pick point number two. Like, why number one is front and center because God gave? Why do I give? Because God has blessed me with all these things, but most of all, he's blessed me with his son who, who gave his life for me. But why give number two? Why would God want me to have that? Why is my best church life attached to my relationship with him and my giving? Here's the truth I need you to hear loud and clear. It is true. I can go through all those numbers. I can lay in front of you the budget in order for us to reach more people and do more things. Your dollars are needed. 922 Ministries needs your offerings. We do. We do. We need your offerings to help us staff to serve. Like as a church, I believe we do an amazing job in using your resources that you give to bless your family and others in our community. Literally, of all those dollars that come in, 77% of them go towards our staff. Only 13% of them goes to the, the facilities, the, the loans. Like, we do a really good job because you've been so generous with your gifts to help support those big projects that, that the majority of the money that comes in here gets to be put into flesh and blood ministry. But we need your offerings to do ministry. But I believe in my heart of hearts God will get the ministry done at 922 that he wants to get done in the time that he wants to get it done, whether you give or don't. Like, he'll bless us maybe for a season. He'll bless us with bigger in the next season. I don't know what the seasons will look like, but God will make it happen. God is that good, and the people who are here are that generous. But God doesn't need your offerings to do it. Like, at the end of the day, when it comes to your best church life, God wants you to understand the why behind giving is his heart that gave. Because that's really what God wants from you. He doesn't need your offerings, he wants your heart. And usually what has our heart rules our life. It's not shocking that Jesus talked about money more than just about any other topic during his ministry because he knew the danger that, that money was and wealth was. The New Testament tells us the love of money, the love of it, not it itself, the love of it is the root of all evil. Like God wants your heart and he knows sometimes that if money and things has our heart, our relationship with God is in danger. And while we need your offerings, God wants that. And your best church life and having a strong give root allows for that. God wants your heart because 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. He calls you the apple of his eye. Jesus came so that you and I would receive the gift of eternal life. God wants your heart. Like he called it out in the Old Testament. Psalm 50 tells us very clearly God doesn't need our offerings. He didn't need their sacrifices of flesh, uh, uh, the, the bulls or drink the blood of goats. No, God wanted their heart. Sacrifice your offerings to me out of thanks for what I have done for you. Give because he gave <laughs> from his heart to rescue your heart and my heart from the disturbed punishment of hell. See, at the end of the day, God doesn't put a number on it in the New Testament. Because he gave, we give. Because God loves, we give. But God wants your heart. And to have your best church life involves a give root that comes from a cheerful heart. Look at the words of the Apostle Paul again that we read earlier. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. What you've decided in your heart. Like, here's the thing. If your heart's not in it today, don't give it. Like, if you're not feeling it, God doesn't want it. Like, we don't just give because God says to. We give because God gave. So if your heart's not in it, keep your offering. It'll be okay. I'll, I'll still be able to eat tomorrow. You're not going to hurt me. God will still get things done here. God wants your heart. Like, and to have your best church life experience, a give root that is strong and solid between you and God, it flows from a heart that knows the amazing love of God that shed its blood on the cross. God doesn't want you to give reluctantly. He doesn't want you to be holding on to it like with, with reluctance or under compulsion like you have to. No, he, will, he loves a cheerful giver. And so if today you're thinking, $5 is what I have and what $5 is what I can and I want to give. Because that's what the Lord wants. He wants your heart. Your best church life has a, a relationship with God at its heart and core and giving is a part of it. Which is why I'm so thankful for our church family. Like there are so many of you who have done just that. Over the, the many years that I have been here, I, I've seen that. And I thank God for that. Like, why give? Because God gave. Why give? Because God wants our heart. He wants for you to have the best church life and relationship with him who gave and has amazing things awaiting you in heaven. But there's one more thing and one more why that I want to lay out in front of you today. Like, Jesus himself said these words. Like, if you want to know why give, because God gave, God wants your heart. Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's better to give than to get. Jesus said it. <laughs> and your best church life involves giving. Because we have an amazing God who's, who's given. <laughs> and because of all that we will get one day in heaven, like, why give? Because God gave. Why give? Because God wants your heart. And why give? Because giving, at the end of the day, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Giving, if you're filling in your final blanks, I want you to hear this. Giving blesses them, it blesses you, and it blesses 922. 
giving blesses them. Like them. Like the ones who got walked down the hallway before and they're now in Bible discovery. Like none of those kids have jobs. You might have given them some money on the way in and encouraged them to drop it in the box uh, in the back because you want to teach them how the importance of giving, but, but they can't give a dollar to support this ministry, but it blesses them because we can offer ministry to, to serve them and share Jesus with them in our school, on our Wednesday programming, like all those things from Sunday through, through the weekend, like it blesses them. And it blesses them. Like the 8922 members who, who are currently going to MLC or the seminary studying to be fat pastors and teachers in the future, like, did you know that your offerings, your gifts, we send a portion of that to our synod? We gift all of our members with a special gift each and every year towards their tuition who are studying for the ministry. You bless them as they're seeking to study and learn so they can serve others. Your giving blesses them. Like the people you will never meet, the people who are on the other side of oceans because we're partners with a ministry called Time of Grace that shares the good news and the gospel with others and, and your offerings help offset the, the ministry that they carry out in our midst. Your giving blesses them. Like them who are right in front of you right now and them who are behind you and them who will come at 1030 and, and, and even those who won't them. But it also blesses you. Like did you catch that before from 2 Corinthians, Paul's letter? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way when you give so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Others, them, praise God because of you. But you will be spiritually blessed as you perform this service, overflowing with many thanks to God. Like God wants you to know that your, your life of faith your best church life involves the giver because you will be blessed with the Spirit's fruit. Like that woman who, who went to the temple and dropped everything she had, even though it was two pennies. Jesus acknowledged her gift. It came from her heart because she trusted the heart of God that he would provide, even though she gave everything she had. In times and seasons when things aren't good and circumstances are hard, Having a give root that is strong, that gives because God gave, understands the reality just like the Apostle Paul. I can be content in any situation, whether I have a lot or I have a little, because I have God. <laughs> and so the number might change, but a give root that is strong is the best church life because it, it allows us to be content. <laughs> it allows us, when we have or lose, to, to be like Job the Lord give, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May the Lord's name be praised, Job said. In a season of loss and of everything, Job still praised God. Like God wants us to have that fruit no matter if things are good or bad. He wants us to have that contentment when things are, are there or aren't. God wants us to have peace and joy uh, in this life and a strong give root that gives because he gave, that, that understands God wants our heart, that blesses others. You will be blessed as you do it. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And in the process, it'll bless 922. I know that because 
because his giver did that. It's been a hard week here at 922, like for our staff and for our music ministry team, for a lot of our members, because a, a member of our church family who was super rooted went home to heaven. Like on Sunday, Farrell passed away. His heart stopped. <laughs> it finally gave up after a long battle. But his giving was such a blessing to 922. Like he was an original founding member of our praise team. <laughs> Used to host the, the worship team practices at his house. Him and Jerry would, would lead the charge together with others to, to develop this ministry that, that we long to have, praise, praise bands and, and contemporary music. And, and he gave a lot. Not just time-wise, but resource-wise. I think the original drums that we had in our church for 15-plus years were Farrell's. <laughs> Keyboards that he bought with Tim and Jerry. Like, he was rooted. And his giving blessed 922. And it blessed you. <laughs> and that strong give root was a blessing to him. Because in the last few days, as his life neared the end, he knew the amazing heart of God who gave. Yeah, this is not one of my most enjoyed topics. But in a week where it's been really hard, celebrating that, knowing where he is and where God wants you and me to, to end up as well, may encourage us and inspire us to, to live our best church life so that we can spend eternity enjoying the best life with God who gave. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for the gifts that you give to us. I thank you for the, the blessings that you have given in 922. Lord, it's humbling to see all that gets done around here because of the generosity of, of so many people. And it's not just one gift. It's 14,000 different unique gifts, all of which are are mostly small, every dollar makes a difference. So Lord, in a world where we, we think and say that this isn't normal, help us understand uh, that when it comes to give, it's all about you. So Lord, work on our hearts. You want our hearts, hearts that, that are cheerful because we know you gave. And in the process, as we do, as our church family strives to, to carry it out in, in godly ways, may you give us that same heart that seeks to excel in the grace of giving because we've been given so much and because we've received the greatest of all spiritual blessings from you.